Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. This is one of my favorite things that I get to do every single week, and it means so much to me. It's such a great thing. I love the reality of the sport of football. I love the fantasy side of it as well. There is not a better co-host to have for this segment than Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We will continue to grow this thing, build this thing, and create for you. We are the talking heads that you should be listening to. So, always appreciate having Mike on. The Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub of Camillus, New York, and the Pennant Trophy Center of East Syracuse, New York. Without further ado, it's Week 10 in the NFL, and Mike Sofka is back on the broadcast. Mr. Mike Sofka, how are we doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? Doing very well, my good sir. And how is... I heard that it's in the 80s down there in Florida right now. I don't feel bad for you by any stretch of the imagination. So I just ask a couple things of you. I ask that you put some you put some shades on and borrow one of the cars out there on the lot and that you get in a convertible and drive around for a little bit for me and that you swim at some point. So you got to swim today and you got a convertible at some, today. If you can do that for me, I will be in your debt. Yeah, well, that's everyday life here in Florida. I mean, I'm sitting by the pool right now with a cocktail. Hold on one second. Francois, Francois, get the leaves out of the pool, please. Yeah, and one more Mai Tai. Yeah, thank you, Francois. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. You know, see, when you said Francois, I figured that DeAndre Francois, because he's done so well this season, I thought that maybe he uh, had stopped playing college football and was your new pool boy. No, no, no. Francois's been with me for years. He takes good care of the whole grounds. The, the, the whole estate looks immaculate. It, sunny Florida is a beautiful place to be any time of year. That is the truth, and I, I miss it. I do. I miss it. I miss it in this moment. I miss it in days like this, but I'll be down there soon enough to the great state of Florida. We're here with Mike Sofka. We're having some fun. Mike, it is week 10 in the NFL. We are where we are right now. And I want to talk about the saga. I am so over and so sick of Le'Veon Bell. And it's the first game that we got to talk about. So Carolina at Pittsburgh, Thursday night football. You can rope in your Le'Veon Bell thoughts in here. But what do you think about this game? And who are you picking? Le'Veon who? They've been doing fine without him. And I think if you went man man for man down the 53-man roster that most of the team feels like, Bell has abandoned them, and, you know, they're just as well without them, and they are. They're 5-2-1 after a rough start. You know, it seems that, you know, everybody's firing all cylinders. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this. They're the home team. I think they're a better team than the Panthers, even though the Panthers are at 6-2. and Pittsburgh's just a good team. I mean, I don't need to tell you. If you have Roethlisberger, you're going to start him. He's a quarterback one. If you have Connor, you're going to start him. He's a running back one. And you know what? If if you're lucky enough to have Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster, both of those guys are number ones. Antonio Brown's the higher end. Juju Smith is the lower end. And, you know, we've all seen the clips of Vance McDonald, you know, throwing people to the ground. And, you know, they have a pretty solid tight end there. He's number 16 on the rankings this week. But on the other side of the ball, Mr. Me, Mr. Cam, the man who likes his number, the man who wears number one for a reason, he is the man, just ask Cam. He's a number four quarterback. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey's a, a bottom-end RB1 at number nine this week. And this is where the difference is. 
Yeah, Carolina doesn't have the receivers that Pittsburgh does, and that's a big difference in this game, and that's going to be a big difference in the outcome. Now, recently they've been trying to get D.J. Moore more involved in the offense with some jet sweeps and some trickery and even on some offensive receptions. Devin Funches is supposed to be that guy. In my opinion, he's not a number one. He hasn't been getting it done for years. It should have happened by now. The experiment's over in my mind. But he is number 28 on my rankings, so take that for what it is. Greg Olson's the guy that they missed the most when he was out. Number seven on the tight end rankings. He usually leads the team in receptions, but it's pretty much all Christian McCaffrey and all Cam Newton. But I look for Pittsburgh to be the victor tonight. And again, Le'Veon who? I feel the same way about it, James. You know, I, I've been a James Conner fan for a while, and I, I I was hoping that he would get a chance. I'd hoping he would get an opportunity, maybe as like a third down back and whatnot. And it ended up being so much more than that. His numbers are better than Le'Veon Bell's first year. And Le'Veon Bell, you know, everybody, you know, we were talking about it this week. And they said, Dan, what do you think Le'Veon Bell's stance was or, or what was kind of – I said, it was simple. Le'Veon Bell is that person who wants you to believe that there's nobody else better than them. There's nobody else better, but not in a good way, in a bad way. And in the sense of – so that what essentially happened was like, I'm going to break up with you, but – you're not going to find anybody better than me. You're going to come crawling back to me. I'm going to break up with you. I'm going to go about my life. I'm going to have some fun. And you're going to call me. Maybe it's not the first week. Maybe it's not the third week. But you're going to want me back. And Le'Veon Bell rolled the dice with that ego. And nobody called him at 3 o'clock in the morning. Nobody wanted to Netflix and chill with Le'Veon Bell. And that's the comedy of this all, is that he let James Conner have an opportunity. And has nobody learned that when you give somebody the opportunity, any opportunity, be it five minutes, an hour, whatever it may be, you open that door for somebody to know that there's better in the world. And guess what happens? He gave, Le'Ve- he gave, he gave James Conner a silver platter, and James Conner ate it all and said, can I have some more, please? And that is the thing that I think is sad for Le'Veon in this, is that Le'Veon was that person that said, you will never find better than me. And he let that door open, and James Conner walked through. How crazy is it that he gave James Conner the opportunity that James Conner is not going to give back? Yeah, that's that, that, that's everything, and then, you know, in this league, the NFL, some call it not for long. You know, you don't get chances like that all the time. So, you know, right place, right time, good situation. You know, I, especially when you consider everything James Conner's overcome. I know he doesn't like talking about that that much anymore, but you know, it is part of who he is. You know, overcoming the cancer and. You know, God, you know, God bless him. Good for him. He's taking advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell probably still thinks he's right. He probably still thinks he's protecting the franchise, protecting himself by sitting out and not getting overused or run into the ground because Pittsburgh supposedly had no interest in bringing him back and they were going to run him 300 times. Well, that's what fantasy football players wanted. That's why they drafted him in the first round. They wanted the guy to do what they can do. They've seen it in the past. They wanted it done again. And I feel bad for some fantasy football players who wasted a a first or second round draft pick on Le'Veon Bell. And and, and here we are. He's 
still not playing and it's week 10. Guess what? In three or four weeks, fantasy football playoffs are here. So it's a total waste of a pick if you did pick Le'Veon Bell, unfortunately. The beauty about this is I can say, not this guy. <clears throat> I didn't like the the marriage of Le'Veon Bell to the Steelers. I didn't like the writing on the wall. I didn't think it would ever get this bad, but I was not willing to roll the dice, especially on a guy who has missed the first four games of back-to-back seasons in the recent history because of his own decisions that he makes off the field. So all I have to say to Le'Veon is very, very, very honest, and it is this. Raise your hand if you thought that Ray Charles was going to be shouted out on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora this morning. The beauty of that, Mike, is two things. I say raise your hand because I don't think anybody expected it. And the second part of it is whenever I say raise your hand, there's always somebody somewhere listening that raises their hand and then is like, oh, he can't see me raise my hand, but I just raise my hand. So I, that's that's what I love about it is when you ask somebody to raise their hand, it's like Simon says, they're going to do it. So I hope it wasn't you, Mike, but somebody out there today just raised their hand to that one. And Ray Charles got a nice shameless plug this morning. My, my hand was in the air. I was raising my hand. <laughs> so the next one I'm excited about because I get to do this every year. And yes, I can't help myself. It's one. It's It's a dad joke, so to speak. But the Lions are playing the Bears, so I always like to say Lions, Bears, Vikings, Packers, oh my. So it's the Lions and the Bears, and I'm ready for it. So the Lions and the Bears, oh my game. The Lions are trying to make a case. The Lions are trying to show that they're not that bad. And the Bears, the Bears are just, you know, no, it, it, the Bears, in, in my opinion, they continue to, even though the team is 5-3, and three, and, and it's not an astounding record. They're continuing to impress me right now because the Bears are taking advantage of what the rest of the NFL is taking advantage of. John Gruden's need to go to the casino and bet on black every single time. So your thoughts on this one and thoughts on the fact that one of the best players in Chicago was hand-delivered by John Gruden himself. Yeah, you know, but it... it they expect Khalil Mack to be back after missing the past couple games this week, but they've done okay without him. The interesting play for me is Mitch Trubisky against that North. You know, he's got games coming up against the North, and he doesn't do well or hasn't fared well in division games. So this is going to be a challenge for him, I think. I think just overcoming that next step in his progression as a young player and I think this is going to be a good matchup for him against Detroit. He's the number 10 quarterback on my rankings this week. And Matt Stafford, I think you got to downgrade him a bit with the loss of Golden Tate and, and, and with what's going on there and facing Chicago. And now Khalil Mack's going to be gone. He's, a, he's ranked number 22nd on my board this week. But I think where the big difference is, is at the running back position, you know, Kerryon Johnson's been doing a great job, but Again, he's going up against Chicago. I'd like to say the same thing about Jordan Howard, but it looks like it's Tariq Cohen, and it looks like it's a true split or committee situation there. And I would even give the upper hand to Tariq Cohen. But both guys this week are bottom end running back twos on my rankings. Some of the improvements 
some of the guys that are on the up are the guys on the Detroit roster simply because well, Golden Tate's gone, so that moves Marvin Jones up. That moves Kenny Galladay up. Brandon Powell, a guy that, you know, wasn't even on rosters at the beginning of the year, former Florida Gator, has been making some heads turn in practice. T.J. Jones is still there, but the guy you're going to see the value out of is obviously Marvin Jones, top-end wide receiver, uh, top-end wide receiver one. Oh, I'm sorry, top-end wide receiver two. And Kenny Galladay is right behind him at number 14. So I think you're going to find some hidden value there. I think Detroit's going to have to throw the ball. Those guys are going to be the beneficiaries of that. Luke Wilson, Michael Roberts, and our boy Toy Lolo, not, not really getting anything done for Detroit in the tight end realm. But, you know, you look at Chicago, they got the playmaker in Trey Burton. And Trey Burton's a guy that you can consistently count on. They're going to get him involved in the offense. He's a playmaker at number nine on my tight end rankings. You know, just on defense alone, I got to give this game to Chicago. Even if Mitch Trubisky does struggle, I think they're going to find a way to win. And I like Chicago at home. Yeah, and I went with and and part of me in uh, for the first game that I didn't <laughs> I didn't even give my fantasy stuff because I was focusing on Le'Veon Bell. So let me say this, you know, fantasy wise for the first game, Panthers at <laughs> the Steelers. Obviously, Cam Newton likes himself some Cam Newton, and Christian McCaffrey seem like safe bets. And outside of that, for Carolina, you know, obviously Greg Olson is a thought, but he's he's an afterthought this season. So I think he's a high to mid range tight end too. He's not a bet. I mean, his namesake, that makes him something, but it's really Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton. On the other side of it for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's James Conner, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger. That's that's what it's about. So let me preface that and let you know that I'm picking the Steelers tonight and in Thursday night football over the Carolina Panthers. And then the Lions and the Bears, I am 100% going for the Bears in this one. I believe they're going to win it. But, you know, and, and I'm going to start with the Lions, and you brought somebody up. And as Mike knows and everybody that listens to the show religiously, you know there's rules. And there's certain hotkeys for certain players. And one of my favorite ones is Carry On Johnson. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. And you know what, Mike? I feel like he's worthy of it. You know, he's he's had that on my show all the way through Carry On My Wayward Son for Carry On Johnson. He has not done a bad job of carrying the ball for the Detroit Lions. The rookie is doing some good stuff here. And if we look at the most recent game, I mean, obviously they did not play well against the Vikings. But, you know, carry on Johnson. He does get himself involved. He's not too big in the pass game. But he is a player who I think the Lions can potentially, hopefully, lean on for the future. In, in this matchup, I, I have him relegated to a flex position or to a low-end running back, too, just because he's playing the Bears' defense. But I still do think he's worth putting out there. Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are really the only two wide receivers to write home about, so I would put them out there for Detroit. And on the other, and, and Matt Stafford, I'm just not sold on Matty. I just, uh, it's hard for me to be sold on him in, in general, let alone, you know, this season. So Mitch Trubisky on the other side, depending on who you have, <clears throat> if you have a situation this week that, let's say, you have... 
Joe Flacco, or you have Deshaun Watson, or you have Kirk Cousins, which makes a little bit more sense. You know, if you have Kirk Cousins out there, and so you need to put somebody out there, or you're scouring the waiver wire, you're scouring free agency. I picked this guy up a few weeks ago, and he saved, I think he had 52 points or something like that. So Mitch Trubisky, high-end quarterback too. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, I like them both. But again, nobody's like separating themselves. And I've done the I have one but not the other and then been pissed off sometimes and then not pissed off other times, but a lot of the times pissed off. So, you know, they're they're both running back twos, but you kind of take it where you may because you can't lean on one without knowing that the other might have a day. Taylor Gabriel, I like. Trey Burton, I like. For the Chicago Bears, injury-wise for both of these teams, if we go to Chicago, Adam Shaheen's on injury reserve still. Taylor Gabriel is questionable for the game with a knee injury, so just watch it at the wide receiver position. And then for the Detroit Lions, LeGarrette Blunt is limited with a knee injury. He's questionable for the game. Carryon Johnson's ankle injury makes him questionable for the game, and really that's it. So I like the Bears in the game, and you got my thoughts on who I'm throwing out there. Saints at the Bengals. Dare I say it? that this could potentially maybe somehow be a trap game because the Bengals have nothing to lose and we've seen flashes of a pretty good offense this year. Do the Saints have anything to worry about on an, on a winning streak that is so tremendous right now? And, and I said the Saints would beat the Rams, and so did Mike Sofka. And the Saints did, in fact, beat the Rams. I think it's going to set up the NCAA, NCAA, the NFC Championship round game where they will rematch for the rights to the Super Bowl and the Rams will try to avenge their loss to the Saints who have literally won seven games in a row. So what are your thoughts on the Saints going to Cincinnati, which I think may be a little bit tougher than maybe people expect? Yeah, you know, and historically, Drew Brees and the Saints don't play as well on the road as they do at the Mercedes Dome there in New Orleans, and and it's math. It's just math at a certain point, but at the same time, you got to look at what New Orleans was capable of doing. The defense stepped up on occasion. Alex Anzalone had a big pickoff there, you know, late in the game to set New Orleans up, and, and it was almost a matter of who was going to have the ball last, but... I don't believe that's the same thing here with the Bengals. The Bengals are going to struggle without A.J. Green. I mean, this is a guy who is the target. I know Tyler Boyd is having an outstanding year, and he's going to check in at number 10 on my receiver rankings this week. But, you know, they're still missing A.J. Green. He's a big part of what they do there. So Joe Mixon's going to have a pretty good game as well, checking in at number 11. And Andy Dalton is a pretty decent bi-week fill-in. Maybe you have a Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson on a bye and you need a fill-in. Andy Dalton could be the guy against a New Orleans defense that at times has been porous. But again, I think there's going to be enough for New Orleans to win the game. But you know, you're on the other side of the ball there. He, 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 you can't underestimate what Drew Brees does. He's a phenomenal pro quarterback, many records. He's going to break a few more. Number seven on my rankings this week. And, of course, when you talk about the offense, you have to talk about Alvin Kamara. Now, I know Mark Ingram's still in the fold, but Kamara's the guy. You know, the, the, he, he is the playmaker. Alvin Kamara checking in at number six on my running back rankings. Mark Ingram at number 20. And then receiver-wise, Michael Thomas, number one receiver on the board this week. And don't forget, you know, they just added 
a receiver. Jeez, I forget who it was. Des Bryant. If he can settle in the slot, I don't think we're going to see anything from him this game. But I think we're going to see some Traquan Smith, Cam Meredith no longer in the picture. Ben Watson showed up last week with a touchdown, the 105-year-old guy still getting it done. Number 18 on my rankings for tight ends. But, you know, Traquan Smith might be a tricky guy, might be a guy you could sneak in there, might be able to get something done. This is a team in Cincinnati that gave up a ton of points to Kansas City. Now, I know it's Kansas City, but they still, they got lit up, and that surprised me. I thought their secondary was a little bit better than that, but but not so much. So look for the New Orleans players to, to, to really hold up their end of the bargain for your fantasy teams. A couple bright spots for Cincinnati, but I definitely like New Orleans in this game on the road in Cincinnati. Yeah, this is going to be a game, and I think it's going to be some fun out here as the New Orleans Saints take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, for New Orleans, you play Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, as well as Mark Ingram. Michael Thomas, you got to give him a shout. Traquan Smith is worth at least a flex. And Des Bryant, if you want to roll the dice and you got a bunch of injuries and you're just – you're looking for something to potentially give a spark to your team, then Des Bryant is not a bad pickup. I do know in some of our leagues somebody drafted him and has literally waited 10 weeks to see him play. So Des Bryant, you know, you could throw him out there just for just for giggles. He's got Drew Brees, so that's going to help him out too. And I kind of like the thought of putting him out there. For Cincinnati, Andy Dalton, not, not a bad play in this one. I have him as a quarterback too. Joe Mixon, meh, more of a flex guy for me. A.J. Green's going to be out of the game, so Tyler Boyd all, all of a sudden becomes more and more important. And then C.J. Uzma, is, is, uh, he's on the injury report, questionable with a shoulder injury, but he's somebody to think of. I got him as a low end too, and I'm going to keep with the Saints and pick the Saints to win this game as well. The Falcons at the Browns, my lord. The, the Falcons can score. The Browns fired their head coach after keeping him when he was 0-16. Then they fired Todd Haley, who used to be the head coach of Kansas City. And, I mean, you look at how far Todd Haley has fallen out of favor. Hugh Jackson literally lost every single game last year, and they waited until now to let him go. So what are your thoughts on the haphazard Browns, as they always are, hosting the Falcons? Yeah, somebody's got to win this game, and I think it's going to be Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's proven that they still have some offensive firepower, even though they give up the points on the defense, decimated by injuries, Pro Bowl caliber talent all over the defense that's just not around on injured reserve. But, you know, they still have some big hitters and some guys that can, you know, make you pay for coming into their zone. So I like the Falcons, but this is going to be entertaining. It's going to be closer than people think. You know, the Browns still have some value here. Well, not so much if you're looking at quarterback, but maybe for this week. Maybe it could be interesting. You know, again, if you have a quarterback on a bye, if you're in a league that doesn't penalize you for interceptions, Baker Mayfield can definitely make your fantasy week entertaining. Well, Matt Ryan got off hot last week, and he's going to do the same thing this week. Number six quarterback on my rankings. And as far as running back, you know, it's, it's, it's quite obvious to me that the Falcons, while they missed Devonta Freeman, Edo Smith has made some appearances, and 
he's looked pretty good in hand on the ball, and I'm wondering if we're not going to see the beginning of the end with Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith sharing a rock more so. Tevin, Tevin Coleman, not really the, the same athlete as Devonta Freeman, not really the guy that can be a consummate elite running back, but he's always in the conversation, number 17 on my rankings. And Julio Jones finally finding the end zone last week was remarkable. You know, they've been trying to get him the ball, but he does a lot of the hidden things, a lot of the things away from the ball. He gets a lot of two-man coverage. He, he attracts a lot of attention. Sometimes that's on purpose, allowing Calvin Ridley to get the touchdowns and yet allowing him to help the team move up and down the field. So good to see Julio Jones finally crossing the goal line. But, you know, I just spoke of Calvin Ridley. He's still in the mix as well, bottom end wide receiver too. And Austin Hooper's been getting a little more involved. Top end, tight end two for us this week. The Browns, well, not so much. Not so much on on the receiver end. Not so much on, well, the tight end position. So, you know, Tyler Boyd is a guy who checks in the number number 10 on my rankings this week. But outside of Tyler Boyd, I don't really... I, I, I don't really see much more. I mean, David and Joku maybe a bottom end tight end one for you on a bye week fill if you if you normally have like a Kyle Rudolph, you know. But still, I think it's going to be all Atlanta. I think it's I think the Browns are going to make a game of it. I think it's going to be closer than people think, but I think it's going to be Atlanta with the win. You know, the Browns are like they're kind of almost maybe there, and it's so much better than it used to be on paper, and Baker Mayfield has something to offer. But they're playing the Falcons, and the Falcons can score. And even though the Browns can score, they just haven't been able to get it done. And even if, I mean, unless a coach does something horrible, I don't like the midseason firing. I've never been a fan of that. And, Mike, you and I have talked about that. It just doesn't, it doesn't bode well for the psyche of the team, the locker room. I just don't like it. And, it, and, and, yeah, I just, I'm not a fan unless you have a plan. And I guess the plan is to be the first to all the college coaches when you get the chance to. But the Browns have screwed up a lot of things in the past. They seem to have made some good decisions in free agency and trades in the draft. Let's see what they could do with the head coach. But you kept Hugh Jackson after you went 0-16. That's like fool me once, fool me 16 times. Like at that point, no, but like none of your friends are like, Cheryl, just stay with him. Like nobody's going to say that because it's it's 16 chances. And before that, it still wasn't good. So it makes absolutely positively no sense that Hugh Jackson was there. But then you fire him and you're like, well, it's just not working out. It wasn't working out last year. You were a city who wanted to lose every game in the hopes that you could have a parade to celebrate how terrible you are. I never thought in my life that anybody would have a parade for mediocrity, but it wasn't even mediocrity. It was subpar underneath the subpar. So why would that be something that she would want to go through? I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. But, you know, negative into a positive, I guess. Hey, we're 0-16, so, you know, instead of nobody could beat us, everybody could beat us which I guess is like an Ike Turner. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm not going to be for it. So for Atlanta, I like Matt Ryan. I like Tevin Coleman. Edo Smith, because it's this game. He's a flex guy. Uh, Julio Jones, 
Calvin Ridley, I want to believe in. I feel like he's going to break out and have another big game. Maybe it'll be against the Browns. So I got him as a wide receiver too. And Austin Hooper, not a bad choice. He's This is his last year to kind of show himself to the Atlanta Falcons. So I, I kind of like him. I'm not... 100% sold on him, but I, I'm I'm like 90% to say to you, yeah, put him out there. Baker Mayfield on the other side of it. I'd leave him off this time around. Nick Chubb, mm, low-end court, running back two. Duke Johnson Jr. I thought that Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, and Duke Johnson Jr. made sense. I don't think that this makes sense. I thought that that made sense, but I don't think that this makes sense. And maybe they could get Carlos Hyde back because I don't know if that's going to work out in Jacksonville. But Nick Chubb, I, I would put out there. Duke Johnson Jr., eh, mid-range, low-end, running back three. Shout-out to Dontrell Hilliard, who I covered at Tulane, though, who's on the roster. Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway, these are more flex guys for me as well. And David Njoku, subpar. So he's a tight end, too, for me in this game, and obviously I'm picking the Falcons. Before we take a step aside, Patriots – at the Titans. For some odd reason, you know the Titans are going to make this a game at least at some point because the t- because the Jaguars always leave the door open on the Titans and the Titans don't waste it. So what are your thoughts on this one? Well, it's sort of like uh, the student meeting the teacher, but it's not, not really. I mean, Brable part of that Patriots tree, but not necessarily part of the Belichick tree. You know, this is almost like the student going back and beating the teacher. This is almost something like, uh, you know, you're going to look across the field and at some point you're going to hear the evil empire music in the background and, and Bill's going to be saying, you know, Mike, I'm your father. But you're right. <laughs> you got to wait. You got to wait for him, Mike. You mentioned it. You know I have to. Oh, okay. you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm insatiable with it. I can't stay away from the Imperial March. And knowing that this should be every single time Bill Belichick comes out, and as soon as he brings that cut across his neck, it's over, it's done, they got to take it off. So, with all due respect, the Patriots win. And as he comes across the stage, and I. Cut it. That's Bill Belichick. So you were saying about the evil empire. I just couldn't help myself. Go ahead. I think Tennessee does make games of, of all the games they're in. And, you know, they're the team that does the things you don't expect. The players show up that you don't expect. And they do things you don't expect. And what I don't expect is for Rob Gronkowski to have a big game. He's been dinged up the past couple weeks. There's a question whether he even takes the field with the bad back again. If he does take the field, he's number eight on my ranking. He's not the normal top one through three spot that he normally holds. So maybe if he is out there, he's still a decoy. You know, on the other side of the ball, Tennessee's been struggling for that guy to to be the Gronkowski. And John O. Smith hasn't been getting it done. But, you know, that's what they got. What they also have is Corey Davis as the number one, but he hasn't been a true number one, checking in at number 19 on my rankings this week. And, you know, they kind of fall off after that. A Taewon Taylor, a Tajay Sharp, none of these guys have done much this year. You know, the running back is where they've shined a little bit, but it wasn't Derrick Henry like everybody thought. It's Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, number 23 on my rankings. And he gets a bump a little bit higher, still a running back too in PPR. Derrick Henry's been a disappointment this year, and so is Marcus Mariota, number 20, 
quarterback on my rankings this year. On the other side of the ball, though, Tom Brady, bottom end number one quarterback, number 11 on my rankings this week. I think the Tennessee defense is going to dial up something special for him with Mike Vrabel. And, you know, we talked about the running back situation. I like what Corderell Patterson's been doing, filling in at running back and receiver, you know, in the absence of Joe Mixon. Joe, listen to me, Joe Mixon. Sony Michelle, there's talk that Sony Michelle could be back this week, but I say why rush him, especially when you got James White. James White, number 12 running back on my rankings. Give him a bump a little higher if you're in a PPR league as well. And wide receiver is where it's at. Julian Edelman is going to be the guy, of course. But, you know, not so much. I don't think they're going to let him get away with what he normally gets away with. You know, being that slot guy, making those easy receptions. He's the third down guy. Checking in at number 17 on my rankings this week. And look for Josh Gordon to step it up with a few big plays, stretching the field right behind Edelman at number 18 on my rankings this week. I'm not fooled by Tennessee. I think they're going to make this a game, but it is the evil empire. It's November. This is what they do. This is what Tom Brady does. Look for New England to get it done in Tennessee. No shave November, and it's like no loss November when it comes to the Patriots. I, in this game, obviously, you know, when you look at the Patriots side of things, it's not that hard to say Tom Brady, yes. And when we look at Sony Michelle, as you brought up, Mike, uh, Sony Michelle, one of my favorite names out there, and a pickup that I was very excited about. He is questionable for the game with a knee MCL injury. So just watch that if you want to put him out there. But I do like Tom Brady and James White in the game. Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. And I said this, if they can keep him off the pipe, this man can catch all I mean, he can catch like anything. So for me, I like Josh Gordon in this. Chris Hogan. Low end because Josh Gordon and, and Julian Edelman being there. So uh, Chris Hogan's kind of relegated to me to the flex position. On the other side of it, for the Tennessee Titans, I'm not really sold on anybody in Tennessee. They find a way to make it a game. And like I said, the Jaguars always leave the door open, and Tennessee loves to walk through it. Deion Lewis, because he's playing his old team, and sometimes people get up for those games. It's kind of 50-50 if that's going to happen. So I... What looks to him is a low-end running back two, high-end three, and I'm not really sold on anybody else with Tennessee. Not a big fan of what they got going on. I'm picking the Patriots to win the game. Let's take a step aside, and we'll come back with plenty more fantasy football here with Mike Sofka of HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. And this is proudly brought to you by the Wildcats Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center, Jaguars-Colts, in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 
487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcall. DT, proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We go over sometimes, so under promise, over deliver. That's how we do it. And today, I know we're going to go over in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, as well as the Penn and Trophy Center. Here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, my co-host, and not a better one when it comes to fantasy football. With that being said, Mike, we got the Jaguars at the Colts. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, divisional game. This is uh, interesting for several reasons, and the biggest reason is the quarterback situation for both teams. I, I You know, I really feel that the Jags will have the better showing here, but it's in Indianapolis. There's question marks all over the Jaguars. Running back's a question. So, you know, looking at the quarterback, I got Andrew Luck as the number 16 quarterback on my ranking this week. The challenge there is Blake Bortles isn't much better at number 15 this week. So this is a situation where one of these two guys needs to step up. Bortles seems to have been having some consistency issues. And, well, quite frankly, Andrew Luck's been still battling back, I think, from that shoulder. So this is going to be an interesting game. Most people aren't going to be looking so intently at the quarterback like I will be. But that's the most interesting storyline to the game, if you ask me. Look, I've been let down by Leonard Fournette all year. Biggest disappointment in fantasy so far this year. Number 16 on my rankings, if he plays. And he should play. He's on track to play, and I think he's going to play. And on the other side of the ball, Marwin Mack's been doing a little bit better job. But you know what? He's going up against Jacksonville. And I don't care what you say if Jacksonville's defense has been letting them down and they haven't been playing like they're capable of or used to playing. Well, it's still a formidable defense. But Marwin Mack is going to check in at number 14 on my rankings this week. And somebody's got to catch the ball. And that somebody's going to be T.Y. Hilton, number one guy for the, the Colts, and I think that they've been trying to get Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers involved. You know, Jack Doyle is back. 
look out Jack's back. So, I mean, if, if you're in a situation where you need a bi-week filler or, you know, Jack Doyle is still out there, you'll probably improve yourself by having Jack Doyle back in the mix. I think him and Ebron are kind of passing ships in the night going opposite directions. Ebron at number 19 on my rankings, Jack Doyle at number 15. Now, both guys are still capable of getting some targets, getting some, some receptions, and even getting a touchdown, each of them. But, you know, if I had to put my money on one over the other, I would say it's Jack Doyle. Now, the problem with Jacksonville has been the receiving core. And I say the problem because I'm not sure if it's been all Bortles. You know, I haven't seen one guy really step up consistently. It's been a mediocre committee situation. One week it's Cole, one week it's Westbrook, one week it's Moncrief. And that's good to an extent. But when you don't really have that strength at tight end either with Niles Paul or O'Shaughnessy checking out, I should say O'Shaughnessy is going to be the guy there at number 21 on my rankings. You know, if you can't get that consistency at running back, if you can't get the consistency at receiver, and you can't get the consistency at tight end, well, how do you expect your quarterback to be consistent? And that's the biggest problem, I think, with Jacksonville. Yes, Bortles has struggled, but the guys around him have struggled equally, and I – you know, I just feel bad for the situation. But at the same time, it's the NFL. Next man up, move on or move out. And I'm going to go with the Colts at home in this game. I think Jacksonville is a formidable opponent, but I'm not sure they're fully back yet. I'm not sure they're going to be fully back for a while based on what I've been seeing. I'm going to take the Colts at home. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. So, the Jag- well, first and foremost, James O'Shaughnessy. I mean, there's so many people on injury reserve for the Jaguars, but James O'Shaughnessy is questionable for the game. And I, I, I love the name. And it's fun to interview, too, James O'Shaughnessy. So, Mr. O'Shaughnessy. So, I very much like having James O'Shaughnessy on the show. And he is the only one on the injury report. But Corey Grant, obviously, and Niles Paul, and Austin Severian Jenkins, and Marquise Lee, and so on and so forth, are on injured reserve for the Jaguars. For the Colts, as far as injuries go on this one, the Colts have uh, Ryan Hewitt is questionable with an ankle injury at tight end, and Marlon Mack has an ankle injury. He's questionable. Robert Turbin is questionable with a shoulder injury. Ryan Grant, wide receiver, is questionable with an ankle injury, and that's pretty much it on the side of the Indianapolis Colts. In this game for the Jaguars, there's that talk that Leonard Fournette may be out there if you feel like you need to, low-end running back two, high-end three, just because I don't know what he's going to bring you in this. TJ Yeldon could be helped out by just having Leonard as a decoy, so he could be a flex guy for you. D.D. Westbrook is a thought. Dante Moncrief, because he's going back to Indianapolis on another team, that's a thought. Really nobody else. Andrew Luck in this game, nah, nah. I'm not really sold on Andrew Luck. So he's a low-end running or quarterback two for me. Marlon Mack, you got to watch the injury. Naheem Hines, not a bad guy here because Jacksonville struggles to stop the run, and he could do a lot of trick stuff. I like him as a flex guy for you. T.Y. Hilton, he goes as Andrew Luck goes, and even though Andrew Luck's done some good things, T.Y. Hilton, it just doesn't feel like they have that link up. So you can try T.Y., but he's a low end too for me. And Jack Doyle is a, probably your best bet from the Colts at tight end and put him out there. I'm going to pick the Colts in this game as well, Mr. Sofka. And the next one that we have up is the Cardinals at the Chiefs. The Cardinals are all types of in a bad way. This game has got 41-7 to <laughs> all set up in front of it. What do you think is going to happen in this one? Yeah, that very well could be. Vegas has the line opened up at 17. It's at 16-and-a-half Kansas City. And, 
You know, they're playing in Kansas City. Kansas City 8-1. Kansas City, obviously the better team. Kansas City with the number one fantasy player in just about every category. The quarterback, Pat Mahomes, number one on my rankings. Kareem Hunt, number three on my rankings as far as running back. You know, Tyreek Hill, number two on my rankings as far as receiver. And Travis Kelsey, number one on my rankings. So I don't have to tell you, if you have one of these guys from KC, they're a definite start. They're definitely ones in their position every week. Where you're going to find your victories is in the, the tougher calls, the calls that most people don't have to make. Well, you don't have to worry about Josh Rosen being in that decision. He's the number 26 quarterback, even up against the soft Kansas City secondary. I don't think he's going to have a day. You know, yes, I know he's got some receivers. Yes, I know that he's got somebody he can throw the ball to. And a Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, been coming on. Ricky Seals-Jones been doing something. David Johnson, he's got a dynamic player there. I'll give you David Johnson, number 13 running back on my rankings this week. But I don't know that I can give you any more than that. I don't know that I can play anybody else from Arizona in this game. I'm going to stick with Casey all the way, of course, at home in a big victory. Yeah, my thoughts on this game, you know, as far as it goes, when it comes down to, you know, Kansas City, like you said, Kansas City has a lot of positives, a lot going for them. Fantasy football-wise, reality-wise, there's a lot to be had and a lot to be said about Kansas City for the Cardinals it's it's the exact opposite it's 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 the reverse it's kind of like being in that mirror in the clown house so to speak so when I look at this game you know injury wise not too much to worry about but Arizona their guys haven't been getting it done anyways on Kansas City side to look at the injury report really quick here Sammy Watkins didn't practice he's questionable he has a foot injury but besides that, nothing to be too concerned about, and he's not one of the main guys for the team. So it's it's not too hard to say. I mean, you want Arizona to, to work in David Johnson. You want it to make sense. You want David Johnson to be something because he's David Johnson. But the reality of it all is, you know, this team has just really struggled to look anything like themselves. So I would say David Johnson, but he's a low-end guy. He's a low-end two, high-end three. He's a he's He's, you know, if you have two running backs and then you have a flex – He's probably your flex in the here and now. And then as far as the Chiefs go in this matchup, you gotta take the you gotta take Pat Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Spencer Ware, maybe on a flex or something like that. But it but the reality of it all is the Chiefs are gonna get this game. The Chiefs are gonna keep rolling. The Chiefs are having a tremendous uh, tremendous they have the potential for a tremendous season and they've obviously been doing well. So I like the Chiefs in this one and the Kelseys and the Hunts and the Tyreek Hills and the Pat Mahomes are the easy ones to pick. Kansas City's defense and special teams, not a bad play in this one because they're playing Arizona. Here's a game that probably nobody wants to see. The Bills at the Jets, Mike. What do you have for this one? Yeah, I think I'll be out washing my car or something during this game. I don't I, I don't see any value anywhere in this game much on either side of the ball, maybe on an Isaiah Crowell, number 18 on my running back rankings, LaShawn McCoy, 33 on my rankings, some more of a flex play, bottom end, you know, three for you. Uh, quarterback situation, I, 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 I don't see how you can start either quarterback. I, I I don't see how you can start a receiver from either team. And 
I'm really struggling to find a tight end here. So, okay, I'm going to take the home team in the Jets on this one. <laughs> That's probably one of my most favorite in all the years that we've worked together. That is probably my most favorite Mike Sofka analysis ever. I'm struggling to look at the tight ends, and I just like no, no, like really no information, like nobody to pick. And I'm struggling to look at the tight. You know what? I'm just gonna take the home team in this one, and let's move on, Dan. Let's not let's not spend wasted time where we don't need to spend it. So that made me uh, that made that made my morning, Mr. Sofka. Let's uh yeah, let's just take the home team. I don't think that either one of these teams is eligible for fantasy football this week. So that makes some sense. Yeah, I don't like anybody on the Bills. It doesn't make any sense to me. So LaShawn McCoy is supposed to be good, but when you're the only good thing on the team, everybody keys in on you, and guess what? Then you're not much anything. And the Jets. <sighs> Quincy Anunwa, Robbie Anderson, if you gotta dig deep. Flex them out, wide receiver threes, I guess. I'm going to pick the Jets in this game because whatever the Jets are, the Bills are that much worse. So I'm going to take the Jets. Redskins at the Bucks. what do you have for this one? Yeah, it's an interesting game to me because the Redskins are 5-3, and three, the Bucks are 3-5, and five, and Vegas says that Tampa Bay is given three points at home. Now, normally that means both teams are equal, three points for the home team, but still the Bucks at three and five. And is this because of Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick? It might be he's checking in at number two on my rankings. I know Washington's been playing improved defense, but Fitzmagic just brings a new life to that offense. He breathed something into it, and the receivers respond. They seem to be in games. They come back into games. They're away from when he's in there. They don't seem to ever be out of being able to win the game. It's just they can't quite get over that hump. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, number two on my rankings this week. And I like Alex Smith as a bi-week villain here. Tampa's got a poor secondary. And, again, this could be a guy that could jump in for you this week and, and take you to the promised land and get a victory when, you're, when your number one quarterback is out. You know, running back-wise, Peyton Barber hasn't been getting it done. Ronald Jones is dinged up. And, and for Washington, they're just rolling out old man Peterson. They they roll him up to the field in his wheelchair. They tilt it forward. He falls out onto the field. And he stumbles <laughs> forward for four yards. This guy is incredible. He's been an athlete. I've been following him since his days at Oklahoma. Uh, wonderful to see the, the comeback-type season he's had for Washington, albeit some of it due to injuries to other players. He's making the most of his situation. Number 10 on my running back rankings this week. For Tampa Bay, Mike Evans is the answer. He's the guy they look to. Number eight on my rankings this week, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys is the guy with the most up, is most ceiling right now as far as I can see. But, you know, Washington has been struggling. They've had some injuries with Crowder and Doxon. Maurice Harris has been showing up. There's a deep name for you if you're really struggling in a deep league. Look for our Maurice Harris. And if Jordan Reed is ever going to show up this year, this is the game. Rank number six on my rankings this week for Jordan Reed. And Tampa's O.J. Howard, number 10 on my tight end rankings. You know, I say that they say Tampa's going to win this game. But I think that Washington's going to come in with a ball control offense and they're going to try to run the ball right at Tampa. And I'm going to take Washington in the upset at Tampa. 
All right. See, I think Washington is good at home, and they got some value there. But Washington, uh, to take to take a look at the injuries right now, <clears throat> Washington has has a few. They have the tight uh, Jordan Reed is on the injury report. Spoiler alert: he always is at the end of the season, but or toward the end of the season. Tight end for the Redskins, questionable with a back injury. Adrian Peterson, questionable with a shoulder injury. I love that. Put him in the wheelbarrow and bring him out and just drop him there like you're putting down some sod or something like that. And then, you know, take it back when you're done. Jamison Crowder, questionable with an ankle injury in the game as well. For Tampa Bay, Peyton Barber, ankle injury is questionable. Mike Evans, knee injury, he's questionable. Ronald Jones is out with a hamstring injury, but he hasn't really been in all season, so... Washington on their side of it. Adrian Peterson worth the play. Chris Thompson worth the play. I just feel like when you play the Bucs, there's always an opportunity for the Bucs and the other team that they're playing to do some cool things, trick plays, and score some points. So I like that. I'm not a big fan of any of the receivers. So I like Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson and Jordan Reed. And then on the other side of it for Tampa, Fitzmagic, you got to put him out there. I, you know, again, he did really well then. Jameis Winston could be back, and he heard footsteps, and then he started playing bad, and then they took him out, and then Jameis Winston's Jameis Winston, and he's a turnover interception machine. So now Ryan's back, and I hope that this is where he can find his confidence again and take back where he left off and do some good things. I like Fitzpatrick in this game. I like Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson because he used to be a skin, so I like that. Chris Godwin, eh, low-end guy, maybe a wide receiver three or a four. And then O.J. Howard is worth the play and giving him an opportunity. Cameron Brait, you know, tight end three. O.J. Howard, kind of low-end one, so to speak, for me. And I'm going to pick the Bucs to win this game. Chargers at the Raiders, Mike. What do you have for this? Yeah, this is two teams going totally opposite directions. The Chargers look like one of those surprise teams look like a team who could put together a run here just in time for the playoffs at six and two. The Raiders not so much at one and seven. Gruden totally dismantling this franchise here, sending away the number one receiver, sending away the number one, you know, uh rushing attack guy, the number one pass rusher they have and then all we hear about is that they can't receive the ball, then they can't rush the quarterback. Well, you had guys. Amari Cooper was underperforming, a lot of drop passes. Him and Derek Carr seemed to be on different planets at times. And Derek Carr has regressed because of this. Because of the, you know, the Rome is crumbling around him, and he's crumbling with it. Comes in as the number 19 quarterback on my rankings, underperforming all year. And you know what? On the other side of the ball there, I'm not sure Phillip Rivers is even in the same galaxy. Number five quarterback on my rankings against the poorest Oakland defense that's going to let people score. You know, if you had the Oakland defense on your team last year, you actually, last week, I should say, you actually lost points. You'd have been better off going without a defense. And Melvin Gordon's going to exploit that this week, provided he's able to take the field questionable again. And we know questionable really means questionable in Melvin Gordon. It doesn't mean watch, make sure he doesn't twist his ankle stepping off the bus. It means there's a real question here. <laughs> and if that happens, Austin Eckler would be the beneficiary. Austin Eckler right now checking in as a running back three and a flex guy. And we haven't really seen big plays from Austin Eckler recently. And I would think this would be a game where he's due for that, especially up against that Oakland defense. You know, receiver-wise, this is where there's a little bit of a difference as well, too. 
because you look at the Chargers, Keenan Allen's consummate number one guy, number seven on my rankings this week, Tyro Williams and Mike Williams, they keep flipping the script. One week it's one guy, one week it's the next. Hey, one of these guys is going to score a touchdown. One of these guys is going to have a good game. Just hope you're on the right side. I would put my money on Tyrell Williams at this point to be that guy. And tight end, they got the old man Antonio Gates. He might be good for a touchdown in this game against the old men from Oakland because it seems like that's all they have is slow guys on the Raider defense. They need to pick up the pace. They need to get back in the game. The Raiders, though, on the other side – They have a tight end. His name's Jared Cook, number four tight end on my ranking this week. And I wish I could say something about the receivers. But when Jordy Nelson is your best receiver in Oakland, you got problems. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Chargers, of course. I think they're going to go into Oakland and walk out with a big victory by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. As well, it seems like a no-brainer. Hey, Mike, did you know that the Raiders don't have a pass rush? Did you know that? Yeah, if they only had a guy that could rush the quarterback, they would be a much better team. You know, it would be so crazy if they drafted Khalil Mack out of Buffalo and like kept him. Wouldn't that that have been a good pickup? Yeah, you would think. And now, now what you have is you have some draft picks, which gives you opportunities to find a guy who may be 50-50 at best. And then you got to allow him time to progress and gel in the league and in your system. They, you got pass rusher you have to pay for. They made a big mistake. You know, that was the whole grass is always greener approach. You had something good, and you decided to roll the dice. It's like you drafted a player in the first round that was worthy of being the guy to lead your defense then you let him go to get draft picks to find a player who will be worthy of the guy who will be a worthy guy to lead your defense so makes a lot of sense john gruden but it doesn't and obviously we're being sarcastic and facetious so i like philip rivers in this game melvin gordon just watch it make sure he's going to be okay if he is put him out there tyrell williams yeah he has stepped it up over keenan allen so i like him in this one for the oakland raiders man not much of anything doug martin is questionable for the game I don't like their receivers. Jared Cook, I do like the tight end. So I would say Jared Cook and Jordy Nelson. Green Bay knew something. I don't think Green Bay's stupid. That old school franchise and the way that they do their job, I don't find them to, to make a lot of bad decisions. And obviously letting Jordy Nelson go seemingly has been a good one because he hasn't really shown up. And Derek Carr, I'm surprised he's still in Oakland, number one, because John Gruden's there, and John Gruden lets everybody go who has a name in Oakland, and number two, because he's underperformed. So, surprised with that. Speaking of the Packers, they will host the Dolphins in a game that seems like it will be wildly on one side, maybe 31-3, to something like that. Dolphins at the Packers, what do you have for this? Yeah, it's going to be interesting game. This is going to be interesting for one team anyway, and I think that's going to be the Packers. The Dolphins under scrutiny for misreporting Ryan Tannehill's injury several weeks ago saying he was a full participant when actually he was limited in practice. And This is no surprise. Teams do this all the time, and it's just a matter of getting caught. They got caught, and uh, you know, you, you do those things to, to throw a wrinkle, but you got to abide by the rules, and it's simple. They got caught. They're paying the price for it. Look, the Packers are the better team, but they're 3-4-1 and one on the season. They're playing at home. They, they usually don't lose at home. And the Dolphins come to town at 5-4, and four, and the Dolphins are one of those teams almost like Tennessee or Houston where you're like, is this 
seem real. They don't seem capable of doing what they're doing. But on occasion, they're winning some games. And I say on occasion, they're doing it with Brock Osweiler. They're doing it 13-6 at home. They're getting games won that they shouldn't be winning. This is a game that they shouldn't be winning, and they're not going to win this game. And I am going to take the Packers. And I am going to take the Packers because they're led by one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Number three on my ranking this week, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done. He's got Devontae Adams, number three receiver on my rankings this week, to throw the ball to. He also has Valdez Scanling at number 29. And, you know, it kind of falls off after there, but that's okay because that's much better in comparison to what the Dolphins have. What are they going to answer with? A Danny Amendola? A Kenny Stills? I don't even know if you could put these guys in a flex on your team this week. Well, what else does Miami have? They have a Kenyon Drake. He's probably the best athlete on the team, but they don't get him the ball enough because they got a Frank Gore, number four all-time on the rushing list, who's still capable of interrupting Kenyon Drake and taking away some of his touches. They don't have a tight end, a Gusecki, a, a, a Smite, a, a Derby. Nobody's nobody's there, and a Brock Osweiler. You're not going to win going into Green Bay like this. I don't see how it's possible. Now watch this. It'll be the upset of the century. They'll go into Green Bay and roll, but I don't see how that's possible. All the value is on the Green Bay players. All the money is on the Green Bay players, and I'm going to put my money on Green Bay and say Green Bay wins this game. Yeah, I think this is, you know, they say there's no sure things. This seems like it's a pretty close one. Frank Gore just passed Barry Sanders, believe it or not, folks. And and so it's crazy to me. It's crazy. But numbers-wise, he passed Barry Sanders. Frank Gore, I think, is worth the play as a low-end two <clears throat> or a flex guy for you. The wide receivers, not so much. Mike Kosecki, he's a rookie, and they really got to figure out. The Ryan Tannehill thing, it just doesn't work, so they need to stop. And the Brock Osweiler thing, it's not horrible. Brock Osweiler's been on like four teams in a year and a half. And so it's not a horrible bet to do, but the receivers are not getting any help because of this. So I would say Frank Gore on Miami's side. For Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is worth the play. Aaron Jones, not a bad option to you. Low end two, high end three at running back. Devontae Adams, obviously. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I said something about him within the last couple weeks, and if you played him, you got some good out of him. He's from South Florida, so give him a shout. I like both of them, and not really sold on the Green Bay tight ends, and I haven't been in a long time. So it doesn't really matter what their names are. I don't feel too high on them, but I do like the Packers to win this game. We're going to take our final step aside fast break of the show, and we'll come back with our trio of games, Seahawks at Rams, Cowboys at Eagles, Giants at Niners in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. 
They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortor on Wake Up Call. DT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. Always good to have you here Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Under promise, over deliver. We always go over on Thursdays. That's because Mike and I do not mince any words. We make sure that you have all the advice you need for your fantasy football season. And if you're going to take all kickers, well, we can't help you. But we can try. With that being said, Seahawks at the Rams, Mike, what do you have for this one? Well, you know, don't forget, the Rams went into Seattle a couple weeks ago and narrowly got out with a victory, and the Rams are coming off their first loss of the year in New Orleans. I look for the homecoming here, and I look for them to roll. I look for the Rams to be kind of like that boxer. You got two undefeated guys coming in, or two real real great opponents, and, and the one guy gets lucky and wins, or just narrowly edges out his opponent and then in the rematch, that same victor knocks out the opponent. That happens all too often, and I think that might happen here with Seattle and the Rams. I think the Rams are going to have something pent up and try to come out with an explanation for last week by taking it out on Seattle. You know, Jared Goff, the question's been asked, is Goff that good or is it the people around him? Who cares? It's working. You have Todd Gurley back there. So you got Jared Goff as the number nine quarterback. Todd Gurley, number one running back, number one guy in fantasy football right now. So he's got that going for him. And then receiver-wise, he's not doing too bad either with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. If he's fully back from the concussion, that's a great, a great target for him. Brandon Cooks, I haven't even mentioned Brandon Cooks yet, who's really the true number one, but unfortunately takes the number one defender so not all the time does he show up more so it looks like robert woods or cooper cup but any of those guys are are good guys to have on your team you know that already they're on your team for a reason and you know you play them every week and on the other side of the ball seattle seattle's struggling for some identity russell wilson's struggling the running back situation has been a struggle. Chris Carson's been dinged up and hurt off. And looks like that Mike Davis might be a guy who could get some more touches this week. But 
I don't know if you can really hang your hat on any of those guys. Tyler Lockett seems to be the big play guy they like of choice in, in Seattle, but when he checks in at number 31 on my rankings against that tough Rams defense, you know Seattle's in for a long day. So I don't see this game going Seattle's way on any level. I don't see any of the performers on Seattle really worthy of a start. And I think it's going to be all Rams in this one. I'm going to take the Rams at home. Yeah, I think the Rams are going to bounce back from that game against the Saints that we both thought would go in the Saints' favor, and it ultimately did. I think the Rams, you know, who were the only undefeated team in America going into last week, are not. They have one loss right now. They were they were the Alabama, and now <laughs> they're the one-loss Alabama that's still a strong team. They're going to be looking to make a statement, and Seattle is a team that doesn't make a lot of statements that are positive ones in the here and now. So, Doug Baldwin, wide receiver, questionable for the game. Chris Carson's questionable with a hip injury, and Doug Baldwin has a groin injury. So, for this one, for me, I really don't. I'm not a big fan. Russell Wilson somehow last year led the country in touchdowns with 34 passing touchdowns, and he led Carson once by one. I don't know how he did it because week-by-week fantasy, he never wows me. So, more often than not. So, I'm not a big Russell Wilson fan, and he's playing up against his defense. As far as fantasy numbers, there isn't really anybody that I like. And like you said, Mike Davis, if you have to reach a little bit and put him out there as a flex. But really, you know, the money's on the side of the Rams. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I like it all. And I would give it an opportunity. Rams defense and special teams, not a bad bet. In this one as well. Could be in the 20s for the Seahawks. The Rams can get out to the 40s. So, much respect, and I'm picking the Rams. Cowboys at Eagles, Sunday night football. This game would be great if both teams were playing well. Somehow, the Jaguars lose this Sunday night game against the Steelers, and they move it to 1 from 8.20 p.m., yet the Cowboys get Monday night football against the Titans, and then they get to be on Sunday night football because their rivalry in history is good. I don't know how the Cowboys do it. Jerry Jones must be shelling out some bank or something like that. And obviously that is my thought. That's not like a, actually he's paying somebody off. But what makes sense that the Cowboys are prime time when they don't, number one, have prime time, Deion Sanders. And number two, when's the last time they've been prime time in reality? So it doesn't make sense, but they always end up with a nice schedule. Yeah, America's team, you know, this is kind of a, a must-win game for both teams. Dallas comes in at 3-5. and five. The Eagles are 4-4. Four and four. It's a division game. This is an important game for both teams that, you know, seem to be going in opposite directions. Philadelphia seems to be shoring up for a playoff run. And, you know, you look at the other side there, Dallas seems to be falling apart. When you think it can't get any worse, it does. They lose at home to Tennessee. Are you kidding me? Look, the bottom line is still the bottom line. Quarterback play is everything, and Dak hasn't been playing very good. But I can't put all the onus on Dak. He doesn't have a number one receiver. Or maybe he does now in Amari Cooper. We've just yet to see it. The jury's still out on that. They don't know who the tight end is. You know, I, I, they got three or four guys that maybe catch a ball or two a game. That's not going to work. That doesn't work. Last week, Dallas, you went against the one thing that gets you there. You let Zeke carry the ball for 60 yards. That was it. I got news for you. That's your guy. That's what you do. You run the ball. And when you 
get tired of running the ball, you run it some more. And if you can't run the ball effectively, look in the mirror because it's your play calling or your scheme or whatever you've drawn up for the week isn't working. You need to change it. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Put the ball in Zeke's hands. Zeke's the number seven running back on my rankings this week. And as I said, the receivers, not so much. I don't think we can really count on Amari Cooper yet. I don't think we can count on anybody. Cole Beasley's their number one target guy, and I don't like him that much either. Cole Beasley may be able to fill in as a flex for you, but other than that, I'm going to wait until I see something. I can't count on anything from Dallas. On the Eagles side, Zach Ertz, he's a top tight end each each week. He's number two on my rankings. Alshon Jeffrey should have a field day, and you know what? I like the new addition here. I like what they've done with Golden Tate. I look forward to seeing him in the slot. I look forward to seeing Nelson Aguilar, who's highly effective, out of the slot. I think this is good for the team. I think it's great for Carson Wentz and his value, checking in at number 12 on my rankings this week. Running the ball seems to be the one deficiency for Philly. They don't really have that one guy they can count on. They're going to break it apart and give some to Wendell Smallwood. Corey Clement, if he's still involved, but I wouldn't start either one of those guys. The receivers and the tight ends and the quarterbacks where all the value is, and it's all on Philly's side, and Philly's going to win this game by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I got Philadelphia in this one as well. I don't think it'll be too much trouble for the Philadelphia Eagles to take care of business. Dak has not looked good by any stretch of the imagination. He was drafted back in 2016, had a good rookie season, Last season as a sophomore, had the slump. As a junior, still in the slump. Zeke is the only one I really look to here to get anything going. You want to put Amari Cooper out there as a flex? Nah, eh, I wouldn't. But, you know, I understand if people got to dig a little bit deeper and whatnot. And Amari Cooper might have been left on waivers or left in free agency. But Zeke is really the guy in Dallas. And then for Philadelphia, it's Carson Wentz. Here's the crazy thing. Wendell Smallwood all of a sudden has to be the guy. Or Corey Clement. So, I, I like Corey Clement. I, I like Elshon Jeffrey. Golden Tate, nah, I would kind of leave him off right now. Zach Ertz, I like him as well. And I'm going with Philadelphia. Final one, Mike. Giants at the Niners. The Niners were so bad last year, yet they beat the Giants. And now they're playing each other again, and the Giants are so bad. And the Niners are not as bad. What do you think about this one? Yeah, if you got a quarterback... In Nick Mullins out of Southern Mississippi, undrafted rookie free agent, and he lit it up last week. And he looks to be the guy that's going to light it up again this week against the Giants. A horrible game. One in seven versus two and seven on a Monday night. Are you kidding me? How does Jacksonville lose that game and then we have to watch this? How does San Fran get Thursday night and Monday? How do they get two weeks in a row of prime time television? I don't get it. Yeah, it's 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 obviously more than what we see all the time. It's it's something else behind the scenes. And but but you know what? That's that's the NFL. I'm I'm not one of the 32 privileged guys that can own an NFL team. I'm not privy to those answers. But I am going to look at the product. But I don't know how much of this product I'm going to look at Monday night. I mean, let's face it. Eli Manning was called into the office, and Shermer told him, "Hey, you're the starter. Just want to let you know, you don't do that." Don't bring Manning in and tell him, oh, just let you know you're the starter. Unless you're prefacing this for each week he needs to come to your office to see if he's a starter because in a couple weeks he's not going to be anymore because you're going to be forced to see what you have in Laletta before the end of the season. Manning looking rough. You know, Nick Mullins, I don't know if I can really count on him again. I don't know if that was an anomaly. Oakland is really weak. 
but the Giants aren't much better statistically. So I kind of like Mullins in an emergency situation here, but he's number 24 on my rankings this week. You can't count on that guy. Saquon Barkley, the one shining star for Dallas, and I say the one shining star because you need Eli to throw the ball to Odell to make Odell a shining star. Odell, number six on my rankings this week. Evan Ingram still struggling to come back, checking in at number 13 on the tight end rankings. And the Niners, they have one of the best tight ends in football in George Kittle. Each week he seems to pile on yards and pile on touchdowns and pile on receptions. I really like George Kittle, number three tight end on my rankings this week. And for San Fran, I don't know if you can really count on one guy. Pierre Garçon really had a coming out last week back from injury. Marquise Goodwin showed up a little bit, maybe one of those guys. And uh, Matt Breda should be back. And, you know, Raheem Mozart's going to be on the IR for the rest of the year. We're going to mix in a little Alfred Morris here. I don't think you can count on Alfred Morris, but I do think Matt Breda is capable of putting up running back three numbers for you. I just think the weakness is on the Giants. I think going across countries a lot, but Monday night, it's not that bad. It's just looking at talent to talent. I got to go with the Niners at home on this one reluctantly because I don't like this game at all. It's funny that you said that because I had already written in the Niners on the website because I just felt like you and I were on the same page with this one. I just got that vibe and we are. I'm going with the Niners in this game. Giants, you got to play Saquon Barkley. Odell, he's been okay. You want to put him out there? I understand. Monday night, insurance policy. I get it. High end two, low end one, because it's just not working. Saquon Barkley, I do like. The Niners, Nick Mullins in an emergency situation. You need somebody on Monday night. I'm not against it. Now, I hope you have a better quarterback, but I'm not against it. Matt Breda, give him a shout. Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver two. George Kittle, low end tight end one. Like I said, I'm going with the Niners, so that's as clean as it goes. And, Mike, I want to let you know, in our overall leaderboard for the past nine weeks of predicting every single game in the NFL, you are in first place at 81-51-2, and, and I am closer than I've ever been at 80-52-2. So I'm coming for you, Safka, and I like the fact that it's this close at this point in the season. That's awesome. That's great. So, good times. Always appreciate it. HalloFameFantasyFootball.com is a place to go with free and paid opportunities to help you win your fantasy league, win your daily, and also to help out a man who I consider to be one of the best ones out there. So, Mike, as always, I appreciate you. Enjoy the weather for me. Enjoy the convertible, and I'll look forward to talking with you soon. All right. We'll see you next time, Dan. Thanks. Take care. And coming from Mike Sofka. And we have wrapped up Wake Up Call with Dan Satora for the day. I want to thank Monster Energy for fueling the show. My favorite Monster Energy is the Ultra Red. And let us know what yours is, too. Hashtag be a monster. Monster Energy fueling Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Syracuse Stallions. Buy tickets. SyracuseStallions.com. That is SyracuseStallions.com. Buy your tickets now to the Syracuse Stallions. They are 2-0. and in their region, 2-0 overall in their first season, bringing pro basketball back to Syracuse for the first time in forever. 
and they're doing a great job, tremendous job. Daywan Coleman is back playing basketball again. I love it. I hope for nothing but health and longevity for him and every single player. And the ABA, God bless, and Syracuse is ranked in the top 10 nationally in the ABA rankings. So with that being said, Mike is first in the overall leaderboard, like I said, at 81-51-2, and two, predicting the last nine weeks of the NFL. I'm in second place at 80-52-2. John behind me at 78-54-2. And, and Jordan with a winning record, 71-61-2. And, and so he's coming up in these last couple weeks. Coming up tomorrow, the annoying moment of the week starts off every Friday show. Carvel DeWitt gives me the opportunity to go off about something in a funny and exciting way and hopefully informative way as well, impart some knowledge and wisdom. So the annoying moment of the week will start off the show. Then we'll get into significant sound bites, which will feature Tony from the canteen where we just donated from the CNY Pop Festival 100% of the autograph money that we got at the CNY Pop Festival to the canteen in our community of Cicero, New York. She'll be on the show to give her thoughts, and I will also be joined by uh, the, my Q&As with Dino Babers and Bobby Petrino going into the Syracuse-Louisville game, the final home game of the season for the team. And after all of that, we will get into Friday Morning Live, the show within a show, your late-night talk show in the morning with John and Jordan Newman. You can... Listen to us, of course, on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, and you can watch us on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. That's Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. Watch us live in the studio every Friday from 10 a.m. until when we decide to finish. The show's supposed to end at 11 Monday through Friday. We went till 2.43 last week because we're nuts, but we have fun and we love it, and we hope that we're helping you to smile, think, cry happy tears, learn something, and have a great time. We're hoping that if you're at work or with the kids or at home, if you're depressed, sad, happy, whatever's going on, that you listen and watch us and enjoy what you have and that it brings something special and something positive to your life. With that being said, I will see you tonight at Chick-fil-A. Not like it's different from any other night. You know I love Chick-fil-A. But I'll see you tonight at Chick-fil-A. I have an excuse. Thursday, November 8th, 5.30 p.m. tonight, the CNS football team will join me again. They are the Section 3 Class AA champions right here in Central and Upstate New York. I was at the game, interviewed Jeremiah Willis and Dave Klein after the game, and I will be joined today. And I'm so ecstatic about the opportunity that I will have at Chick-fil-A today. So come out and see us for some dinner time at Chick-fil-A on 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, New York. And we will be with the CNS North Stars football team as they get set for Elmira and get set at, at a run toward the state championship after winning their Section 3 Class AA championship over West Genesee. And the show tonight is going to feature head coach Dave Klein along with Nate Jaloff, Shy Broadwater, Jai McGriff, Jordan Seltzer, and Josh Lawrence today, Thursday, November 8th at 5.30 p.m. at Chick-fil-A. Dinner, wake-up call, and CNS, do you not? I mean, what trifecta is better than that on a Thursday in Central Upstate New York? I will tell you, nothing. So come out and see us. Let's have some fun. I'm going to be eating some Chick-fil-A, having some great conversation. The kids put me on the hot seat, and I do the same to them in rapid fire. Can't wait for that as always. And they don't go easy on me by any stretch of the imagination. So I can only imagine what I'm going to be talking about tonight. But I love it. Find a broadcaster that likes to be on the hot seat. Find a broadcaster that likes to be questioned and not just ask the questions. 
You got one right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora. Do you have to look any further? Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. God bless your TGIT, and I will talk with you tomorrow morning. Find me on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT, and always on Wake Up Call DT.com. Thank you to Papa Joe for today and Mike Sofka, and thank you to you for listening. Have a great day. Be good to yourself. And remember, life can get crazy, but it doesn't mean you have to be crazy, and it doesn't mean you have to surround yourself with crazy. So be good to yourself. Do things that make you smile and surround yourself with people that do the same. Have a good day.